0: Hey Crosspoint family, as you may already know, I'm across the world right now in Burkina Faso, West Africa with a team from our church So I've invited a good friend of mine Rob Wilton to come and preach today Rob pastors vintage church in New Orleans, Louisiana, and he also serves as the chaplain for the New Orleans Saints Now we're not gonna hold that against him today. We're gonna let Jesus be bigger than football So I want you to help me out. Let's give a big Crosspoint welcome to my friend Rob Wilton Happy New Year, Cross Point family. Come on, we can do better than that. Happy New, Happy New Year. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I send incredible greetings from your pastor. I just text him. Isn't that incredible? And uh, I, I want you to know over the last two years, I have spent time in a leadership cohort with Pastor James. I'm a pastor down in New Orleans, and we've been uh, training under some mentors. I've been dreaming with you guys, praying for you guys, all those different things. Can I just be honest? I'm sick and tired of hearing about you. Your pastor brags on you like crazy, and it's annoying. But listen, I can understand why he does it. He loves you. I don't know about y'all. I think you guys have one of the greatest pastors in the world is pastor james griffin don't y'all believe that and it is such an honor i'm up here with the new orleans saints who that said he gonna beat them saints i guess everybody this year is beating us much like you guys all right we don't have much to look forward to in the game today it's kind of like watching my twin boys that are five fight each other there's there's going to be a few moments of brilliance But they're five year olds fighting each other. They're pathetic teams right now. I don't care how hardcore of a fan you are, but it's great to be up here. Pastor James knew I was going to be up here and he knew he was going to be traveling. So we worked this out. And it's just an honor. It's an honor to be here with you guys. I I got a lot I could share with you about myself. Um, My name is Rob Wilton, I serve as the lead pastor of Vintage Church in New Orleans. You guys prayed for me a couple weeks ago as Pastor James spread out. We're in a little legal battle right now. Um, Our local government is uh, restricting our worship services on Sunday mornings and have even given my executive pastor a couple misdemeanors. And uh, so y'all been praying for us in that battle as we uh, are just praying for God to give us uh, incredible victory for us to worship Jesus. We worship like this on a Sunday morning twice, um, but we're not allowed to use any sound as we're in a tent as we're building on our property. And so uh, pray for us in that. I could tell you a lot about myself. I'm, uh, my full name is Robert Edwin John Wilton. Thank you, Mama. Uh, named after both of my grandpas. Uh, I could tell you um, about a little bit about my, my life. I, I'm born and raised in America. I was born and raised in New Orleans, um, but I'm um, the firstborn in my family in America. My entire family's from South Africa. My parents moved as missionaries to America in 1979. Some of y'all are like, "What? Your parents moved as missionaries to America? I thought America's the only place that brings missionaries to other countries." Aren't y'all thankful that God sends people to America too? We need help as well, right? And so the Lord called my parents to sell all their possessions, and they moved to. Uh, New Orleans to begin seminary training. So I grew up there in 1981, I was born. And uh, and I grew up there in the seminary and my dad started preaching for the Billy Graham Association, travel around the world, revival, crusades, different things. And then around the age of 14, I moved up to Spartanburg, South Carolina, where my dad is still pastor up there. So this is how I describe myself to people, just in case one of these parts comes out and kind of confuses you. I'm a Cajun African-American redneck. That's who I am, and so uh, I could tell you about that. I could tell you about my family, my wife, Annabeth, good old southern name, Annabeth. We've been married 11 years, and uh, we have four kids. My oldest son, his name's Bolt. He's seven. Got twin boys that are five, Mac and Burke. We strategically named them easy one-syllable yelling names, so I could get it all out in one breath. Bolt, Mac, Burke, here, right? And then I got a princess. And she is two, and uh, we openly are honest about this. Boys, who's daddy's favorite? They always say, sister. And her name is Carolina McCall. And this daddy says that full name every time. I enjoy that name. Boat Mac Burke here. Carolina McCall. And so I could tell tell you about the ministry journey that I've been on, guys. Um, Surrendered to gospel ministry after I played college basketball and started working for Upward Sports. And after I worked for Upward Sports, the Lord called me and my wife back to New Orleans where I was born and raised for seminary. Um, right before Katrina started being mentored by a guy named by the name of uh, David Platt. And I was his assistant for a couple of years. God used him to break my heart towards preaching. A uh, little storm hit New Orleans. Y'all might have heard of it. It's called Katrina. That kind of changed some things. We ruined, We saw a lot of our things ruined. God used that storm to break my heart for the city of New Orleans. So we came back, started doing some rebuilding ministry. My wife, she's a massage therapist, and yes, it's awesome being married to a massage therapist. Uh, we started to get to know her coworkers, and over food one night in New Orleans, we led one of her coworkers to the Lord. And through that relationship, we started a Bible study, and seven years ago, we launched Vintage Church in our home. Today, it's a few hundred people. God's been so good to us. We're so thankful for this amazing story of God's grace. But can I share with you, I could share a lot of things about you, about myself to you. But this is what I want you to know mostly. I follow Jesus. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I want to introduce to you a topic today. Best year ever. Let let me just, because I brought two sermons today, just in case. Um, How many of you guys are praying for hoping for in 2016, your best year ever? Oh, that's good news. I can preach this. All right. Because the other one was hellfire and brimstone with a lot of spitting and anger. Uh, So this one's going to be real happy. So look, we're going to look in 1 Kings. Everybody open up your Bibles. 1 Kings chapter 18. And we're going to look at the prophet Elijah. And the reason why I shared with you about the fact that What's most important to me is the fact that I know and love Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That's all you really need to know about me is because this story that we're going to read about is not a story about how great the prophet Elijah is. It's about how great our God is. And if you're dreaming that 2016 is going to be your best year ever, according to God's standards, not the world's standards, well, listen, you can't live or accomplish things for God without God. And so I pray that if you're here today, maybe you're giving church a chance. Some friends invited you here. I pray that you meet Jesus. I pray that you give your life to Jesus. He's the greatest. And so as we go into this, I know some of y'all started New Year's resolutions that you've already failed in. Like my diet. <laughs> January 1st, I failed. Pure confession right there. You know, my mother-in-law had the chocolate cake out. Done. Done. Right, So a lot of us have made resolutions, and we haven't necessarily even seen those carried out. A lot of us are dreaming big things. Look, we hope we grow from one year to the next. I pray I'd be a better pastor next year than I was the year before, better husband, better dad. We all want to grow. Why not dream that 2016 could potentially be our best year ever? And so how are we going to do that? Well, what's at the root of the word resolution? It's the word resolve. And so what I want to do is I want to go to 1 Kings 18. I want to talk about some resolve, some deep-rooted soul things. And then I want to give you some practical things, right? Some, Some action steps for 2016. But we don't go to the action steps first. We go to the heart first. We go to the soul first, I pray that the Word of God fillets your soul this morning, that it speaks to you that it gives you resolve. The prophet Elijah was a person who had incredible resolve, and this next year is going to be the best year ever. So many incredible things you guys are jumping into the next initiative and Man, do you guys understand the the response that you've already had? I was celebrating with you Houdatin from New Orleans. We're in the same similar type initiative where we're building things. And and these are big leaps, right? Big steps. You're probably dreaming things personally. I'm hoping to finish my doctorate in May. I'm trying to write my first book by the end of the year. I'm hoping to grow taller and lose some weight this year. Uh, You know, different things like that. And so we're all dreaming big things. Well, how is it possible? Let's ask this question. How is it possible for us to have our best year ever? Let's consider Elijah. Before we look at this text, let me give you the background to who Elijah was. Elijah was raised up and prepared to demonstrate that the Lord, he is God. His very name, his very name means Yahweh is my God. You think he was set up for something? I shared with you my full name is Robert Edwin John Wilton. Edwin is my Bumpa, one of my grandpa's. John is my papa, one of my grandpas. Both preachers. you think I was set up. And so here Elijah comes in with his very name being the mission of Yahweh is my God. And he grew up in a time of turmoil. He grew up in a time where the people of Israel were starting to basically abandon their worship of an exclusive almighty God. And the gods, the small g gods of Baal started to come in. So much so that even the government, the government started to kick out and restrict places of worship of the one true God with the worship of the gods of Baal. Queen Jezebel, King Ahab, they started to replace things. I wish we could relate to that in America because America is a Christian nation. All we do is worship Jesus. Man, we're growing up in a changing world. Listen. I was just on a stand at a court hearing a week and a half ago for two hours getting drilled by lawyers as to why we wanted to worship Jesus on Sunday. It's going to become increasingly more difficult as we journey into the future for us to rise up. Why? Because small G gods are taking over. You might say, not me. I I promise you that you're torn here in this room. I I know because Pastor James brags on you. um, You guys, 24-7, you're just on fire for God. I know no one in this room comes and does their church thing, Jesus, Jesus, and then Monday through Saturday forgets about them. I know most of you, if I was to look at your bank account right now, I'd be able to determine for where your treasure is, there your heart is also, I'd be able to determine that you only worship God. I know that there's nothing that's happening similar to the setting we're about to read here. We know that's not true, right? We are surrounded by so many small Gs, so so many small gods. They're they're eating away at at our time, at our resources. I told Pastor James I wouldn't be bothered by a train this morning. I don't even get to preach with a microphone on Sunday mornings. I think that's awesome that there's a train here. And so here's Elijah, guys, rising up in a time. And so he marches into the palace. God raises him up with a message that there is only one God and that any worship of any other gods we must repent of. In fact, there was a famine in the land. And God tells Elijah to tell the people of Israel that if you would repent, the famine would end. If you would repent of your idolatry, The famine will end. So he goes to King Ahab. He sets up a throwdown, (laughs) much like there's going to be at the Georgia Dome today. And he sets up this throwdown, and King Ahab agrees to this throwdown. And he agrees to it because, guess what, Elijah basically says, I'll go on your home turf. I'll go to the Falcon Stadium, even though I'm a saint. I'll go over there. So they agree to go to Mount Carmel. Now get this, the gods of Baal, one of the things about the gods of Baal was that it was a god of rain. And so they were going to go to Mount Carmel, to home turf of the gods of Baal, to ask for rain. King Ahab, the prophets of Baal, they liked their chances. Elijah says, let's go to your territory. Now let's read. I want to give you three principles. Three principles about resolve first for 2016. Number one, it's this. Have complete, sorry, have supreme conviction. Number one, have supreme conviction. First Kings chapter 18, verse 20 through 21 says this. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets of Baal together at Mount Carmel, the enemy's territory. And it says, and Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. And the people did not answer him a word. Here, Elijah, the moment he steps upon Mount Carmel, the moment he has this opportunity, he has supreme conviction. And he confronts this wish wash, this going back and forth between, oh, today I'll worship Jesus, today I won't. Around this group of people, Jesus. Around this people, no. And he says, if God is God, follow him. If Baal is God, follow him. Listen to me. I believe with all my heart, not knowing your life, not knowing what's going to go on in 2016, I believe with all my heart, somebody in this room, maybe all of you, you are going to be faced with a throwdown. It might not be as big as Mount Carmel here, but I'll tell you what it might be. It might be simply this. You go to work. You and your coworkers decide to go to lunch. When you go to lunch, you recognize for a second that you're the only one that follows God. All of a sudden, the conversation starts to go south. The the, the language starts to dishonor God. The the, the vulgarity, even the discussion is far away from God. There's your throwdown. And if you wait for that moment to assess, am I going to be for Jesus or not? Guys, I had to be on Fox and Friends three weeks ago about the conflict that we had in New Orleans. If I would have waited for that moment, not knowing what they were going to ask me on live national television, there's no way I would have won. If Elijah would have waited for that moment, you're about to see the setting here. There's 450 prophets to one. He's on enemy territory. Man, you and I, we're not that great. We're not that awesome in the moment. we got to have 100% supreme conviction. Do you have supreme conviction? Before you go to work, you are resolved that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Or are you assessing, is this going to cost me my job? Am I going to lose Twitter followers? Supreme conviction. You want to have your best year ever according to God's standards? Number one, have supreme conviction. Number two, have complete conviction. Confidence. That's good right there. Have complete confidence. Got a lot of scripture. Let's go. Then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Holy moly. One against 450. Now, I personally believe that Drew Brees alone could beat the Falcons. I'm just saying. Sorry, sorry, sorry about that. Sorry, sorry about that. Okay, that was I just had just one little one little step. Okay, now back to preaching. Okay, back up to preaching. One to four hundred fifty. You don't like those odds. <laughs> it's it's an intimidating. Why am I now going to share that? We must be men and women who have complete confidence. It's because of who the main subject, the main victor is in this text. You're going to find really quickly that this is not about Elijah. This is about the God in whom Elijah serves. 450 to 1. Any of you guys feeling like you don't have to raise your hand? Feeling like you're against the odds as a follower of Jesus today? Can I summarize the book of Revelation for you? Jesus was, Jesus is, Jesus will be completely victorious. He wins. And so we can have complete confidence. Listen to the complete confidence of Elijah here in this text. Verse 23, he sets it up. Let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull for themselves, cut it in pieces, lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I'll prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. You call upon the name of your God of Baal, I will call upon the name of the Lord. And the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, We like them odds. It is well spoken. And so check this, verse 25. It says, Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. They took the bull that was given to them, they prepared it, called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon. I don't want to hear any more complaints that Pastor James preaches too long. Morning till noon, full throttle worship service right here, right? My people would be leaving. Morning till noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was what? No voice. No one answered. Can I just assure you of something in 2016? If you go and pursue the world, I hang out with some people in this world who have everything that this world has to offer. Can I.